Hi, you're listening to the Channel Futures Podcast. I'm your host, T.C. Doyle. This is our final episode for 2018, and I want to thank listeners for tuning in throughout the year. In this episode, we have two important interviews. First up, it's the outgoing CEO of the Global Technology Distribution Council, Tim Curran. Tim's an old friend. I've known him since his days at tech data. And in this episode, he shares what the GTDC has been able to accomplish over the years that he's been there. And also he takes a look at distribution and casts his eyes forward as to what the future holds for it. Similarly, we talk with Kaseya CEO Fred Vicola. He shares his thoughts as to how many market players the PSA and RMM space can hold. It's a lot packed in here in this holiday edition. And as we wind out the year, I wish you and yours all the holiday best. Please tune in in 2019 and beyond. Now, here's Tim. It's uh, been a great run, uh, 16 plus years. And uh, we took this from nothing. When I took the GTDC over, it was a brand new organization and it was running at a deficit. So I took it over and we've expanded it globally and now have a healthy balance sheet and so I'm leaving uh, the team uh, in good hands, uh, and they're going to take the torch and move forward. Wow, that's it is a true legacy, and that's congratulations on that. And it's true. I mean, the the influence that it has, the global expansion in particular, is something that I've noted. The reports that you do, the studies, the uh, the thought leadership you guys provide, it's all top drawer. And so, and you know, you're to be congratulated about that. And in fact, you know. Not a lot of people have great second acts, and let's be honest, they don't. And you've done equally as good with the GTDC as you did in your days at Tech Data and beyond. So I think that right. Is a well, I started out. I, I started out at Panasonic, and uh, you know, Panasonic is a consumer electronics company, but I was in the sector in their IT sector, and we started out with, and this dates me, dot matrix printers, wow. and I grew the business from almost nothing to a billion dollars. Wow! And and left it, you know, and, and then uh, one, and then I started, took them into distribution. I developed relations with with Ingram and Tech, and then one day, out of the blue, the phone rang, and it was Steve Raymond saying, he said to me, "Do you know anybody that would be interested in being SVP of sales?" So I went home to my wife and I said, what do you think he'd say if I said I was interested? So she said, go for it. And I would call them the next day and say, you know, I, I, I got your question and I'd be interested. And he said, Tim, you have answered my prayers. <laughs> I think that's the answer he's looking for. Yeah. Oh, it was, right. So he was just trying to fish, but he wanted me. So he got me. And then I took tech data, took them from about $3 billion to almost $12 billion. And uh, but then then decided I wanted to be global, and this GTDC job opened, which gave me a global opportunity, and I took the job and have grown the organization globally. So let's break it down a little bit. You've you've had success everywhere you've went. Um, what are you most proud of? When you look back at the legacy, you know, you're kind of driving home one day and you'll catch a glimpse at yourself, and you're not the kind of guy to pat yourself on the back all that often. But what do you what do you what are you most proud of? Well, I'm most well. See, I also teach, and I'm proud of that because I really like, and that's what I'm going to do a little bit going forward. I'm going to keep teaching, and I really enjoy educating students about what the world has to offer, and how hard they have to work and learn about the rest of the world, other countries, and what's going on in the world. So I really enjoy teaching, and even uh, as a, as a leader at Tech Data. 
uh, I felt part of my, I was head of sales and I had to drive the numbers, but I also felt we had a thousand salespeople and my job was to educate them about the industry and, you know, and what's going on in the world, in the IT world and how we played a role in that. So I, you know, I've always enjoyed communicating to people about the value of the IT industry and the value of distribution. So that's what I'm proud that I've been able to communicate those ideas to others. Before we get into some of the particulars, I want to ask you, who influenced you? You know, you've worked with many visionaries. You mentioned Steve Raymond. Um, but you've worked with a number of people that find themselves in the Hall of Fame and beyond. Uh, some people who've, you know, I remember being at one of your meetings and you had Carly Fiorina there. But who influenced you? Who was uh, an important person in the early part of your career? And who was, you know, talk about some of the people you think that really understood this industry and made big changes. Okay, well, so I started out uh, at Panasonic. I had a real relationship with uh, Ingram Micro and Chip Lacey. So, and then I also got to know Steve Raymond. And then uh, when I expanded the business into the enterprise area, Roy Valley and Bob Huang. And so those were the kind of the titans that I worked with and learned from. And then later, and, and working with the GTDC, talk about some of the uh, the executives that you worked with at the vendor company. Well, I've worked very closely with uh, Elaine Moni, uh, Bob Dukowski, Dennis Polk, Rich Hume, Mike Long. Uh, so, you know, all of those guys are, are titans. They run big global companies, and, uh, you know, it's a big business, and they have, they have supported me and helped me, and so I have enormous respect for all of those guys. Yeah. And some good names there. When you see success, a lot of people think it comes down to technology, visionary, wizardry. Other people say, nope, it's somebody who can keep their hand on the, the till and point the ship straight. You know, when you step back and you look at all these successful titans that you've worked with, are there some qualities that come to mind that you think have really helped define some of these, you know, truly remarkable people that you've had the pleasure to work with? Well, I'll even give you another name, Rick Hamada, another good, really good yeah. guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're all smart. Uh, they're all honest and hardworking. And they sh they all should also be proud of what they've accomplished because they're good guys, good people. And uh, and uh, and the and the well, the the, uh, the distribution industry, as you know, is, is a low margin industry. But these guys work uh, at razor thin margins and. During my tenure, not one of them has gotten into financial trouble. So they're all very astute, very careful business people who have successfully navigated the turmoil and constant change in the IT industry. Um, how would you characterize the state of distribution today? You know, the numbers suggest that it's quite strong and doing well, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. How would you characterize it today? Well, I would characterize it as uh, undergoing, a tr the, the distributors are um, um, agile and they're, they're quick to respond to market changes. Cloud, has it been good for distribution? I know it's posed some existential challenges and, you know, the likes of Ingram and TechData are navigating that. But how would you characterize it? Was cloud uh, good or bad ultimately? Well, that's well, it's funny you say that because when I teach, that's where whenever an issue comes up, I look at the students and I say to them, is this good or bad? And it forces them to choose. Right. Right. So the cloud, to your point, has been a challenge. 
But I think some of the big guys like Ingram and Tech are overcoming that challenge and are now successful in the cloud. So I think the cloud uh, will be will be a growth driver in the future for distribution as they're now they've all successfully, especially the big guys, have navigated the transition to the cloud and are developing uh, the financial systems to support cloud purchases. So I think the cloud, while it created a lot of controversy in the early days, is this, well, the, that's the other point I would make, is that throughout my career, there have been three or four iterations where people said, is distribution going to be disintermediated? And the first time I heard that, I had to go look up disintermediation. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> but the point is they're not they have navigated every uh, every transition in the IT industry, including the cloud, and are now on top of that yep. and are, gr- again, growing and servicing their customers with all the latest technology. So the readers will know, what would you recap what some of those major transitions and milestones were? Well, when we went from, uh, well, when we went from a hardware industry to software, people said, you know, for example, some people said, well, software, you don't need, a, it's no box. So right. our, distribution, our distributors still needed. But again, they, they navigated that and are now very active in the software industry. And the distributors all have effective software programs. So that's a transition that didn't impact them negatively. They overcame that. And now with the cloud, again, people are saying, or were two or three years ago, is distribution going to be disintermediated? And the, the answer at the end of the day is no, because they're agile, they're smart, they move quickly, and they're integrating new vendors and new programs and delivering um, solutions to their customers. And new business value. So the business value delivery is changing, though. We're going from atom-based products to services, digital services. There's different business models. Some channel companies are navigating it better. Fundamentally, at some point, won't resellers, customers of distributors say, hey, I want to deliver this cloud solution. Maybe you do that for me and touch the end customer. So I guess the question I have is, at some point, does distribution touch end customers uh, or do you still see that it's kind of staying in its lane? Well, well, I understand your point. Um, well, the distributors today do uh, ship directly to end users, but on behalf of the resellers. Right. So they all have, uh, and I know when I was at Tech Data, we introduced a program called Private Label Delivery. So you would ship the product to the end user, but put the reseller's name on the box, right? So go out to warehouse, you have the, the logos of the reseller in your system, you print that on the side of the box and ship it directly to the end user, and that's still happening today in the cloud, a lot of it's software related, but you integrate and develop a total solution of hardware and software, deliver it directly to the end user, but on behalf of the reseller. Let me ask it differently. At some point, do you think distributors wind up selling directly to customers? Well, I mean, of course, a lot of people have that question, yep. but the distributors have all been very respectful of their reseller customers. So I, I don't see any distributor today saying we're going to bypass the channel or bypass our resellers. Let's take a look at the market a different way. There's a lot of folks, including some of your own research, says the big marketplaces could be direct to enterprise customers. For SMB, there's just no more cost-effective way than the traditional channel. And for consumers, it can be a mixed bag. 
do you see that as the prevailing model going forward or do you think it's going to change? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, my sense is the reseller is still a valued part of the industry because somebody has to touch the end, whoever is the end customer, whether it be an enterprise customer or a, uh, an SMB customer, somebody has to touch that person ex and, and explain you know, the, the solution, how it works, what needs to be done, how to, how to maintain it. And, uh, and nobody, no vendor wants to touch the million reseller or end customers that are out there. So right. I think the reseller still has a valued place in the industry, but most resellers that I know and talk to say we couldn't do our jobs without the help of our distribution partners. Yeah, in the services world, is there enough margin to go around between manufacturer, distributor, partner, and get the cost-effective solutions delivered to customers? Do you still think there's margin for everybody around? Well, I think there is, although, in, you know, in the old days, I, I always used to say this, you know, it's in, in a traditional business model, the customer sits on one side of the table, the provider sits on the other side of the table, and in the middle is margin, and that's what they fight over. But, but it, it, and in another way to look at it is, I've always argued that in the case of our industry, the, re, the vendor sits on one side of the table, the distributor sits on the same side of the table, yeah. and on the other side of the table is cost and how do we work together to get costs down so that we can all make a little bit more and yet support the end customers so they are active the vendors and the technology distributors are actively engaged in trying to maintain the business deliver new technology new services at, at razor thin margins and work together to keep the margins down uh, and keep the cost down so that we can all make a fair a profit. No, I think I think you were a pioneer in that thinking, and it proved right. You know, it was radical at the times, but you know, the the internet has obviously made things frictionless, and it's taken the mystery out of it. And so, I think organizations working collaboratively together—that's uh, that, the better model. Um, talk about the well, rise I, I... of the influence of the partners themselves. Their brands are becoming more important, even more so than the vendor brands. How do you see that playing out going forward? Well, that's a, you know, no, I'm enjoying this conversation. That's a good question. Um, again, the well, t the the Ingram Micros of the world and the Tech Datas of the world are not household names, right? right? The end customer doesn't really know because, again, for 30 years they've been selling on behalf of and putting the reseller's name on the box as a concrete example. Yep. So I, I do think over time they may start to get more visibility, but I do think the reseller's position in the local market, supporting local customers, holding their hands, delivering the technology, supporting it, the distributors don't want to push them out of the way. That's a valued function in the supply chain. I think distribution has done a remarkable job of staying ahead of the curves. And anytime, as you point out, there's been an existential crisis, they've proven their value. How does the market look, though, when somebody like an AWS comes to fore and starts offering 24-7 cost-effective managed services to all customers? Google would follow. Presumably, maybe Microsoft would have to. Do you worry about that for the channel as a whole, not just distribution? But let's shift to some of the trends that are impacting the channel as a whole. How do you see those playing out? Well, of course, that's the big uh, that's the big gorilla, AWS. Um, but I do think, 
given the complexity of some of the solutions that are coming, you know, or, or being delivered today, hardware and software, uh, I don't think AWS, AWS can put together, you know, if you go back to my earlier, if you want to buy an inkjet printer, go to Amazon and you can buy it, they'll ship it right to your house. So at that level of the market, the simple products, AWS can perform and in some ways outperform everybody else. But if you want to buy a complex enterprise solution with multiple different hardware vendors and multiple different software vendors, AWS is not in that game yet. Not to say never say never, right? So maybe they will over time evolve in that area. But today, I don't think they're in that league. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and you then layer on the rise of the IoT, which I want to ask you about. Now we're talking a whole different cadre of vendors, different names that we've never seen before that need sales agents to put sensors, actuators, you know, access points on every kind of device. Talk about how uh, some of these new innovations are creating new opportunities for distributors, and maybe you could start with IoT. Well, well, it's a good question. <laughs> you're, you're a smart guy, TC, so I'm enjoying this conversation. So yes, I mean, this is a new wave of transformation and iot uh, to your point there's going to be sensors on everything there already are but it's going to it's going to permeate every aspect of life and that's where again i think the reseller comes in if he is touching his local customers in town abcd texas the reseller can go install support and and activate uh multiple sensors at a customer's location and make the customer happy and deliver the perfect solution. So I don't think the, dis the distributors are active in the IoT space. They're adding a lot of, to your point, a lot of these new kind of unknown IoT vendors. But I think the channel, again, has a real opportunity to effectively deploy IoT solutions in concert with the vendor and the distributors who can support and finance. We haven't talked about that. Finance the sale which is what they do today. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, look down the road. We're kind of getting to the end of my time here. So as we wrap up, uh, cast your eyes four or five years down the road, three years, whatever time frame you want to pick. How does distribution look? What's different about it then than what we see today? Well, again, well, it's a good question. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a super prognosticator, but I think uh, the, the evolution, the boat ride from shipping inkjet printers to delivering complex multi-vendor uh, secure solutions, the solutions are going to evolve as new technologies come on stream, but I don't think uh, it's going to uh, derail the distributors because they know how to do that. They've navigated it, and they are doing it today. So, yes, it's a different world. Now, if you go outside the U.S., and I, and I have a lot of my members who are outside yeah. the U.S., for the, they are still kind of in the pick-pack-and-ship days, and which has a value, right? You go to India, you go to China, you know, there's still a need to get products from point A to point B, and the distributors are doing that in those local markets. But as the industry matures, uh, these these complex multi-vendor solutions become more important. And you still somebody in India may still want an inkjet printer, and it'll come to them from a distributor. But in other more sophisticated markets, it's these complex uh, solutions that are being required. Yeah. Well, listen, I cannot thank you enough for the time today, but also, you know, your your mentorship and friendship. Uh, we haven't crossed paths too many times in this industry, but every time I walk away a smarter and a better fellow for it. 
So just as, you know, you don't need me to pile on with everybody else, but from the heart, you've one of the good guys that I've ever interviewed and worked with over the years, and I can't thank you enough. Well, TC, I appreciate that, and I feel the same way about you and the whole team of people. I just feel good about the industry and the role that we all have played in building this incredible industry. From insights and kind words from Tim Curran, now let's turn to Kaseya CEO, Fred Vercola. Recently, we spoke to Fred on the eve of his company's acquisition of IT Glue, a new initiative for the company that kind of puts it in a new light, kind of a, shall we say, a cooperative light where it's playing with a lot of the companies that it competes with. In this outtake, he talks about how many different organizations the MSP market can support when it comes to PSA and management platforms. I think the market's big enough for all of us to keep running for the next several years. Um, the market the market is growing fast enough to sustain that, without a doubt. I think um, there's going to be, don't forget, the market is, there's hundreds of other providers in the market offering other types of solutions. Uh, here's a great example. If you take, well, take IT documentation. Three years ago, it didn't really exist. Now you have... You know, Kaseya, the leader in IT documentation, doing what, 40, 50 million a year or 35 million a year of IT documentation revenue? You know, like that's new revenue. And why is that revenue there? Because it's allowing MSPs to be more efficient and grow. There's so many companies like that um, that I think you'll see people like us and, and Datto and, and ConnectWise and stuff buying. Well, not ConnectWise, but Datto and, and SolarWinds and everybody buying. So um, I don't think the market needs consolidation. I think the reason you would see consolidation among the big, you know, four or five companies is if there's such a such a financial arbitrage to make that happen. So if you see Kaseya going out and buying ConnectWise, it's not because neither one of us could grow. It's because we think we can grow much faster at a much more efficient rate. And that's why I don't think you're going to see a deal in 19. Um, uh, and maybe not even a deal in 20, quite frankly, because the value add that every one of us is creating for our companies is so great that the price someone would need to pay to acquire one, again, unless ConnectWise just fire sales, is um, I, don't, I don't think it makes financial sense. I think what you'll see from Kaseya is, um, well, and, I, and this is nothing I haven't said before, so we made a huge acquisition into the a huge jump into the compliance world, the rapid fire tools, and that is doing incredibly well. Um, you know, we uh, we're getting into the technician efficiency. IT glue is one acquisition in terms of technician efficiency. I think you'll see us playing in the security space. I think security is always a you know a hot topic, and we bought a company called Enigma a couple of years ago. It does public cloud management. Uh, it does hybrid and public cloud management. I think you'll see us adding into that space as well. Well, that's it for this edition of the Channel Futures podcast. It's been an interesting year. We've talked tech innovations, business models, digital transformation, and more. And I can only expect 2019 to have a lot more to discuss. I'm TC Doyle. As always, thanks for tuning in.